On the podcast today, let's talk about becoming the very best pest control company in your market. How can you be number one? And what's the difference between you and maybe who you think number one is today? Let's talk about that. You own a pest control company and marketing and advertising ain't what it used to be. Just so you know, software and millennials are not the answer. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. Our passion is to teach you online and digital marketing without all the techno babble. Oh, it still takes hard work, sales, and a sprinkle of tech, but we'll teach you how to do it in simple terms. Let's do this. Let's get on with the show. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast, and this is your host, Casey Lewis. All right, everybody, and welcome again to another podcast episode of the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. My name is Casey Lewis, and I'm here to have a conversation with you today. And that conversation is going to revolve around one thing, really, and that is how can you and your company become the single best pest control place or company in your market. And what I'm going to do, I know that if you've listened to some of the podcast episodes of mine and of our company here in the past, you will probably be aware of the fact that at one stage in my life, I coached junior high school and high school football. And I loved it. It it was a great opportunity for me to learn and to grow as a leader and as a person just in general. And I use a lot of the principles, a lot of the things that I learned coaching young people in football and apply those to business because I also, at one point um, in my life and for many, many years, was a leader in a major company in the country. My job revolved around managing salespeople nationwide, and those people were tasked with uh, contacting, communicating with, and selling advertising services um, and products for the Yellow Pages. And one of the things that was, was difficult was to really get a handle on how can we really be the very best at what we're doing. Really be that. Not talk about it. Not, you know, give all the all the pep talks around, we're going to be the greatest and we're going to be the best of class and we're going to be this and we're going to be that. But really, how can you be that? What are the things it takes to be and or become the best at what you're doing? And in today's discussion, we're talking about a pest control company. So I really want to talk about is you and your team and whether or not you think you're the best team out there, whether or not you really are, and or really whether you're willing to want to be 
the best at what you do in your market? Do you have what it takes? Are you willing to put in the work? Are you willing to put in the grind that it takes to be better than everyone else at what you do to win the championship and to stick with it through thick and thin, through up and down and be number one. And the reason I decided to do this one, I've gotten a lot of calls, um, which I, which I do, which this podcast helps generate a lot of them from individuals and from managers in the pest control world that want to just talk and pick my brain a little bit about things maybe they can do, not necessarily hiring us or doing business with us, but but just um, becoming a friend in, in the market and asking what I think about what they need to do to do better at what they're already doing. If that, I hope that, that made sense. Anyway, I... What I would do, and what is what is great, today is April 1, 2023. It's the start of quarter two. It's the start of the season for most pest control companies. And it's a perfect time to take a step backwards and take a hard look at you and your company and make a decision that this year, right now, we're going to go out, we're going to improve everything we're doing, and we're going to be the best in the marketplace. And by being the best, that doesn't mean that we are going to wish and hope we're the best and we're going to think we're the best. We want to be the best. And you become the best when everyone else around you knows that you're the best. So when we would get to this point in a football season and we would get the team together, oftentimes for the first time, the question would become, okay, we want to go out, we want to win, and we want to be number one. And so does everybody else around us. And where do we start? What do we do? What is day one equal? And what I will say to you, and what I would do, and what I would recommend you do, is to first sit down with paper and pencil, and to evaluate everything. And when you take a pest control company and you're going to really evaluate what is everything, what are we, you really want to break that down into what I would refer to as three teams, kind of like you have offense, defense, and special teams. Well, in a pest control company, you really have the staff, you have the technicians, and then you have the management team. And depending on the size of your company, you might be all of those things, or you may have many people that are working in your organization that represent all of those things. And until you really start to evaluate all of those players, all of those members of your team, and break down the skill set that each one of them has you're not really able to take a hard look at, do I have the right people in the right position doing the right thing? The next thing you really want to look at is you and your expectations. And what I want to try to to stress here is this. Every season we would go in, and I am very, very sure 
that all of the other coaches all went in with the expectation that they were going to win their games, they were going to make the playoffs, and they were going to compete and contend for the championship. So I would say that I hope that you as a pest control pest control owner or manager or leader, that your personal expectations are that your company is going to be the very best one out there. We're going to be number one, and we want everybody else to know that we're number one. But now you get into the nitty-gritty of, okay, what are the steps? What do I do to actually make certain that we can differentiate ourselves from all the other teams out there and we can actually be better than all of them out there. And I would say if I broke this down for you that I would do it this way. This is what I would do each and every season, regardless. You know, John Wooden talked about when he coached those championship teams at UCLA in basketball, that every season he started with lacing up their basketball shoes. Could they put their shoes on right? Could they tie up their laces? Uh, and we would start there. Regardless of, of, of who we have on the team, the caliber of players that we have on the team, we're going to start from scratch. And so I would have a series of drills day one, and people would think it was a little silly. But what I would do is we'd go through a series of things where I would evaluate with paper and pencil, and I would have some others evaluate with me to see how close we were in, in terms of what we were looking at and try to find out some basics. You know, who could catch the ball, who could throw the ball, who could run with the ball, um, and, 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 and break those things down. So when you're looking at your team, your staff, your technicians, your managers, do you critically evaluate each one of them? What are their skills? What are they good at? What do they need to improve in? And then most importantly, how are we going to get them to incrementally move forward in their skill set, in this case, as a pest control um, employee or a pest control individual that works for a pest control company? And then the next thing that we would do is once we started to get our own team looked at and started to grade and evaluate what am I dealing with, we would then try to take a look at who we thought was the best team in the league. So who is it that we're going to really be dealing with day in and day out out there that we want to compete with and we want to be better than? That's very important that you yourself in your market, you know and you understand realistically, honest to goodness, who is the best team I'm competing with and what do they do and what do they do well and how am I going to be better than what they're doing? And then last, what we would do is then take that and create a game plan and a, and a practice schedule. So the game plan would say, okay, we know, just like all the other teams, that we've got people that can go play on the line, that can go run the ball, that can be a defensive player. They can do various, various things on the football field. 
But how could we raise our individual expectations of what each and every one of those did on the field to be better each and every week all the time? And that would then evolve into our grill, our drills, excuse me, and our skills development practice schedule. So I would say this to you as a pest control owner, manager, leader, one, do you know what you are dealing with? Do you know what you have in terms of the quality, the capability, and the skill level of the people that work for you? Do they meet your individual expectations of what you want in those particular individuals? And do you have drills and skill development practices to help them get better? That's very, very important. If in your organization, you don't have the place that you are and the place that you want to be and a plan that takes you from there, point A to point B, then all you're going to be doing is floundering around with the same old thing all the time. That's a cultural thing, and I would challenge you to do that. Just sit down, do it by yourself, maybe get a team member to, and really take a hard look at who do we have on this team. And in order to be a great team, what do we need them to do, and how will we help them, teach them, and work with them to become the very best that they can individually at their job. The last thing on this sort of introductory part of this episode that I want to talk about is what I would refer to as the weak links. And the idea here is that a team generally is only going to be as good as the weakest links on that team or the weakest players or the worst employees. And what you would typically see, and this used to amuse me somewhat, the way I could tell a rookie coach or a coach that really didn't know what he or she was doing and didn't necessarily have a plan on how to get there was that you could observe and see that they spent all their time working with their great players who really probably needed the very least help, coaching, and and support. They were already a pretty good player. So the main thing we needed with them was to build some humility and make sure that they understood, that we understood, that they were a good player and the best thing that they could do for us and the team was to help the other players to improve. And when you looked at a good coach and someone that you knew was probably going to be someone we're going to have to compete with, you would see that they were continually working with and helping the weaker players on their team. And that, if you think about it, you've heard of the 80-20 rule where you're going to have 20% of the, in this case, the employees or the players on your team that do 80% of the successful work and are are generally going to be your better uh, part of the team, that the most you can do to improve that team is to work with the 80% 
that, that are not necessarily there yet and incrementally improve them. And I hope, I hope that that makes sense. What I'm trying to say to you is everybody on your team, everybody in your, in your company is not going to be a superstar. And the worst employees, the worst technicians, the worst managers that you have are the ones that you need to improve. Because if we could get them to up their game a little bit, the net result to the overall team is exponential. In other words, it's going to be the thing that helps the team uh, improve overall more so than by just continually working with those that are already doing a great job and just widening the gap between the ones that we have that are good and the ones that we have that are not so good or poor. So that's, I would, I would say to you, that's something you need to really look at is the people that are not doing the job, are they not doing the job because they don't want to, they don't know how to, and or are you communicating with them to help and support them to get better all the time? And now when we move away from that, so we look at now who are the very, very best players that we have, who are the very best employees that we have, and taking those people and trying to clone them, trying to take what they're doing and trying to determine why are they doing it so much better than everybody else? What are they doing? And how can we make sure that we are all doing that? And when you look at those outcomes or you look at those positive things uh, for a pest control company, what are they? So what are the metrics that you want to look at in your company that are going to equal success on the field or wins and ultimately playoffs and ultimately championship for you and your company? So I'll break it down in, into a few things here. And the very first thing that I would say is your sales conversions, and that means every single day, every week, every month, every year, the people that you're, the, I should say really the potential customers that your people are coming into contact with every day, how many of those do we convert into a customer? They buy our service, they sign up, they give us their credit card number, they give us the gate code to get into their house, whatever it is, how many of those do we have? And if you don't know, this is a very, very difficult thing, obviously, to manage, to measure, and or to improve. And then next, when we move into those customers that we have that are signed up with us or have maybe done business with us as a one-shot in the past, how many of them are happy and thrilled with our business, and how many would ultimately refer their friends or family members to do business with us because they think that much of us? Do you know that? What do you do to find that out, or do you just rely on a gut instinct? There are lots of things you can do with re, uh, in a relation to polls, to communication, to those customers, even if it meant that you yourself from time to time sat down and called up some of those customers, introduced yourself, and just simply said, how are we doing? I want to know um, what you think of our, cust our company. 
I want to know if you refer us. I want to know what you think of my technician when he or she is on the job, and I'd like to get your um, your feedback. Now, that then revolves into the next metric here that is very, very important, and that one is your retention rate. And your retention rate means, very simply, that of all of those customers that we do have and that we did sell and that are now on our books, how many of those renew and stay with us in year two, year three, year four? Because that, in and of itself, can be your poll or your um, your feedback on how many of those customers are happy with you, by how many stay with you. But those outcomes, when again, if I use a football game and we look at our results and did we do well, and we break things down like the yards per carry, the yards per reception, how many yards did we hold the offensive team to, and how many points did we allow them to score. If you don't know these things, if you aren't able to look at it analytically, if you aren't able to really break it down to say, well, how can we do better next time? How can we improve what we're doing? You won't. You won't. You might as well just sit back and hope for the best because that's what your outcome is going to be. It's just whatever everybody else is doing. And you may or may not even know that. And you may or may not be able or be in a position to improve that. And that's why we go back to what I was talking about earlier, which is really knowing and understanding your own team, your own employees, your own managers, and the effectiveness that they are having on the outcome of your total team effort. Are they selling people? Are they making sure that people are happy? Are we retaining customers because they like us and they like what we're doing um, day in and day out? Sorry about that. I've got my message machine here is blowing up, which is unusual because it's Saturday, but I just turned it off. So hopefully the dinging will stop. And then if we move through that, so now we've really started to take a look, right? We're really looking at our business because we've already made um, internally the expectation be that we want to be number one. We want to be the best. Once that we now have made the commitment to do that, and now we've gone in and we've really looked at ourselves, and now we've started to evaluate critical elements to that success, what are our plans for improvement? What are we going to do about it? Are we going to have maybe a weekly or monthly meeting in which we bring everybody together and we talk very specifically about these things? Are you getting reviews every day out there? Why or why not? Are you selling some new customers on your route or in your area? Why or why not? What are those things that you are or are not doing well? And how can we help you do better? And we have some ideas on that. And we're going to practice that. And we're going to show you how to do that. Because in the end, what we want is to create a winning culture. We want everybody to work that works here and that is going to work here and that we're recruiting to work here to understand that we want to be the very best 
in the marketplace. And that's only going to come if I, as the leader, demand that from you. And that can be in a positive way. It doesn't have to be negative. It can be motivational. It can be by communicating. But at the end of the day, I want you to understand that we're going to go be the very best. And these are the things we're going to do to do it or to be the best. And these are the things we're going to do to practice that. And I want to see it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want excuses. I don't want to understand why you couldn't do it. I want it done. And I want it done now. I want it done right. And I want it done every single day. Now that, I hope, I hope I'm not going too far with that. I hope that you understand that what I'm trying to suggest here is that your personal and individual success as a pest control company in your marketplace depends upon you and your leadership team demanding that we do those things that are required of us to be the best in the marketplace. And I've tried to break some of those things down just very simply. But for example, let me just throw this one out there because this is something that bothers me. It bothers me because I see it a lot when we go to trade shows and when we participate with pest control companies actually in the field. And that revolves around your personal appearance and that of your staff, that of your team, that of your technicians. What do they look like? And I'm not necessarily talking about physical attributes. I am talking about the uniforms they wear, whether or not they wear an employee ID badge, whether or not what they're wearing is clean and pressed, whether or not if somebody saw them walking through the neighborhood, they could see very clearly that this is an employee of a top-notch company, or what the heck is this? You know, is this somebody that just rolled out of bed, and what are they doing in my neighborhood? So what we really want to do, again, is convey that image of being the best, that look, that feel. And how do we then become a company that attracts the best? I know without question that one of the things that's very, very difficult and becoming more and more difficult for pest control owners, managers, and leaders is to attract the best people to their company. In other words, if I'm going to work for you and you have all of these expectations of me, what is in it for me? And that can be lots of things, folks. That can be, it can start with, do we pay well? Do we pay better than everybody else? And do we make it so that the other technicians that are talking about our company in our marketplace know and understand we are the very best place to work? We pay the best, we take care of our people, we follow up, we help them, we train them, we work with them. We don't just complain about what they're not doing, we actually show them how to do it. And why do we want to do that? Because we want to provide reward and recognition to them for doing a good job, 
And this gets back again to the weak links. We want those people that traditionally maybe don't do a great job, that maybe don't take into account their personal appearance, that maybe don't take into account their communication skills and their ability to talk to people and and maybe even sell some pest control service. We want to create an environment where we know what they're doing, we see what they're doing, and we give them attaboys. We reward them. It can be something as simple in your office as do you have an employee of the month that's got a picture up on the wall? Do we post to Facebook and say, hey, Joe Smith or Sally Smith did a great job this month, and if you see them out there in the field, uh, tell them hello. Silly things that you wouldn't think, but that are very important to someone that's working for a company that maybe in many cases can be more important than the money they're earning. And then when we're taking a look at those individuals and when we're trying to create this environment and when we're evaluating them, do we know if we have a problem with will or skill? And the reason I ask you that is I can tell you in in my days coaching, I had lots of players that absolutely had the skill to do it but they didn't have the will to do it. They didn't want to. They didn't want to work hard. They didn't want to get their knuckles down in the dirt. They didn't want to grind it out. And that was a shame because it was a terrible waste of skill. And skill is something, if they don't have, that you can develop in them. Now, everybody can't be a superstar. Everybody's not going to be the best player on the team. But certainly, the challenge to you as a leader, as a coach, as a manager, as an owner, is do you help them? Do you show them that you care? And do you do the things day in and day out that will help them become a little bit better each week, each month, each year at what they're doing? Are we giving them that reward and recognition so they understand? That's the skills side of the equation. Skills we can work with. Skills we can help. Skills we can develop. Let's talk about will. Will and the lack of applying their individual effort can be a cancer on your team. It's equivalent to having to bench a good player on your team just to show the other players that nobody here is more important to the effort of the team at an individual level. So in other words, I am not going to, because somebody thinks they're great, because somebody does have superior skill set, that if they aren't willing to apply that, if they don't want to try hard, if they don't want to set an example for others, I don't want them around. I don't need them. Because I can take three people with half that skill and develop them uh, to the point to where we're getting a better team effort than what I did with one um, person that, that is not applying themselves. So will versus skill is very, very important to you and in understanding what is the issue I may or may not be having here. But it's really important to establishing for the rest of the team 
that you have a baseline of expectations that everybody has to have to play on this team because we are going to be a good team. And that's from the bottom player to the top player because we all are going to have the will to go get it done. I hope I hope that makes sense to you. And I'd really like for you to take a hard look at yourself and think about that. Are you being fair and square with everyone on your team? We used to call it being fair but firm. Does everybody have the same basic requirements and expectations than everybody else, regardless of their skill level? Do they excuse me, do they still have to have the will to go apply what they have to accommodate the team? That's real important. And then last but not least, and I won't harp on this too much, but I will ask you, now that you've done these things, now that you've really evaluated, now that you've really set the game plan, now that you have the expectations of being numero uno in your marketplace, what are the consequences that exist on your team, in your company, for not doing it? For not doing it the right way? Are you willing to just fire them? Suspend them? Are you willing to make an example out of them to the rest of the team that this will not be tolerated? I'm not recommending you go fire someone. I'm not recommending you be mean and harsh. I'm just asking you to consider for a minute what the message is that the rest of the team is getting when you have high expectations, but certain people don't have to necessarily adhere to them. It can be very, very damaging to you and your organization when you allow that to occur. And I see it in many of the companies that I work with where they've been a family-owned business for many years. They maybe have some employees that have been there with them for many years. And those employees are able to slack and they don't necessarily have to meet the same requirements that some of the newer people do. And that's not fair. It's not fair and it's going to create an environment and a culture where people don't look to you as being a man or a woman of your word. In other words, you talk a big game, you don't play a big game. If you're going to be a champion, if you're going to be number one, you have to walk your talk. And that means not tolerating from those individuals that don't give it 100% all the time remaining on the team. And there's an old saying in football coaching we used to have among some of the coaches. And this is, I, I can't put it any more straightforward to you. What you tolerate, you encourage. I'll say that one more time. What you tolerate, you encourage. So if you are allowing people to slack, if you are allowing people to do less than 100% of what we're asking of them, then you're encouraging that in your own environment every day. Now, let's turn this over to the positive side of that. What happens to you and your company when you really become that? You become the best company. You become the best in the marketplace. Well, what happens is the word starts to spread. 
not only among the consumers in the marketplace that start to hear about and find out about Acme Pest Control, the best in the marketplace. They've got great employees. They're on time. They're friendly. You can always call them and get somebody on the phone. Um, when we need a retreat, they're out immediately. We're doing all of those wonderful things that a wonderful company does. What happens as a result of that? You become the team that everybody wants to work for. You become the place that people aspire to um, get to. I'll give you I'll give you a story here. So some years ago, this was in the mid '80s. A very good friend of mine. Um, he had gone to college with this with this other guy who had become the head of security and operations for the San Francisco 49ers. And this was in a day and time when the 49ers were the team. They were winning Super Bowls. They had Joe Montana at the quarterback. They had everything you can imagine in terms of being a top-notch high-caliber, Super Bowl-winning organization. But the thing they had, and I saw this firsthand, the thing that they had that made it all work, that put them just one step in front of everyone else, and there were a lot of very good competitive teams out there in that era, was they had an owner small little short guy by the name of Eddie DeBartolo that absolutely loved his team. And he treated them better than everybody else. He rewarded them better than everybody else. And so what do you think the consequence of that was? All of the good team, all of the good players out there, all of the good potential employees wanted to play for the 49ers. And part of it was the fact that maybe they could win a championship and get a ring and all those, all those wonderful things. But the other part of it was they were treated well. They got the best of everything. You know, from the way they traveled to the games, to the places they stayed, to the, uh, the ability that he would allow some of them to bring family members with them. He valued them as players, and he showed it in his actions, and it became a culture. And my point to you is that you can do exactly the same thing with your company, if you have it in you to become that individual, that the word gets out. You've got a great company. It's a great environment to work in. Other people wish they worked there. And after a while, you have technicians and other people actually seeking out employment with you because they've heard it. They've heard it. And so all of this I'm saying to you because now is the time. It's April 1st, April Fool's Day. It's the start of the bug season. We're heading into spring and summer. And now is the time to do all of these things that I've talked about. Step back, look at and evaluate your team at a player level, evaluate their skill set, 
create a plan of action which <clears throat> excuse me includes practice and drills on how each of them can improve those individual skill sets that they have that don't meet your expectations that we want to improve because again incremental improvement at the bottom of your roster can mean much more to you than incremental improvement out of those people at the top that are already doing a good job. So I don't say we we ignore those people. We want to make sure they know how valuable they are to us, to our effort. What we really want to do is maybe endorse and encourage them to support their team members around them to be more like they are, to get better at those things they can uh, that they do and they do well. And then take a hard look at how many of the people I have working for me that maybe I would like to get to do a little better, a little more. How many of those people do I have a will issue with? Or how many of those people do I have a skill issue with? And why do I say that? Because skill issues we can work with. I can make somebody feel good about what they're doing. I can show and teach them how to do it better. I can put things in place to monitor and to measure them and show them that they are doing better. A will issue is a different animal. A will issue is where I've got to call somebody out and say, look, you're better than this. There's really no excuse for this. What's going on? Why is it I can't get you to go do the things that you know are almost natural to you and do them every day and do them for me? What's going on here? And the reason I say that is, once again, maybe the hardest thing you'll ever have to do in your company, it was certainly the most difficult thing I ever had to do on my team is to take somebody that you really think is good but won't get it done and get rid of them. They can create more problems for you than good. And there was an old saying, another saying, I'll tell you about in football we used to use, and that was, your potential is going to get me fired. And if you've, any of you have ever coached, you know what I mean. There's nothing more frustrating and more difficult to get somebody to do and perform at their potential level if they don't want to. Sooner or later, you just got to cut them loose. And then I'm going to finish with this. So I hope this was okay. I've had a lot of people call me, and that's why I decided to do this, to kind of give a pep talk to give my thoughts and my ideas to you on how you can take your pest control company, go evaluate it, look at it, and put a plan of action into place right now, starting, again, it's Saturday, April 1st, so Monday, April 3rd, let's go get it done. Go have a meeting with your team and let them know you've had an epiphany. You listened to this wonderful podcast episode over the weekend And we're going to go become number one, folks. We're going to go become number one. And sit down and evaluate what do I need to do to get there. And then take a hard look at yourself and say, am I that guy? Am I that leader? Can I be that guy? Can I be that woman? 
Can I be that person? It's going to go push these people to become the best that they can. And then put your plan of action into play. Get it on paper. Get it done. What are we going to do Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday or seven days a week or however much time that we work to improve? What am I going to put into place so we're practicing the things we need to do better? How am I going to evaluate all of this so I can give good feedback to everybody? So I can provide reward and recognition to those that deserve it. And at the end here, there's tools all around you. There's tools all around you. And that's really what our company is all about. Digital media, digital marketing, online marketing. It's like when you go to equipment handout that first day of the, of the season, which is right now. And you get your jersey, and you get your shoulder pads, and you get your helmet, get your mouthpiece, you get your pants with the pads in it, you get a nice new set of cleats. You've got all the stuff in play, right? So the analogy would be in my pest control company. I've got my software. So I've got my my pest pack. I've got field routes, field work, gorilla desk, brio stack, serve suite. I've got this. I've got my Google stuff set up. I've got a social media, um, a few social media accounts with Facebook, with Instagram, with LinkedIn. I've got some Google ads running. I've got some form fills and some other things that I'm able to track my leads activity. What good is all of that if you can't take it and put it in place in a team effort and execute every single day? It's not any good at all. And I deal with it every single day. Every single day I get calls and I'm on the phone and I'm talking to people and I realize they're going through the motions, but they don't know how to put it into action. They don't know how to do and practice the little things each day that will improve what they're doing. And I'm here to tell you it works. It works. If you put a game plan together, if you put practice and you put drills in place that require people to break out of their comfort zone, to do things they're not comfortable with, and to improve, they will thank you for it. Your team will be better for it. Your pest control company can and should become the best pest control company in your marketplace. So that's all I really have to say about all of that today, folks. I hope this was meaningful. Next week, I think it's next week, we have an interview with the Pest Posse. They've got some good training stuff in place for you technicians. And I hope that if there's anything that you take away from this today, and again, I can't emphasize it more, That is to go sit down with a pencil and a paper, take a hard look at who you are, who you being your company, who you want to be, what your deficiencies are in getting there. Go fix them and put practice and drills in place that are going to make those things get better. Concentrate on your worst links 
and just go start kicking some ass. So I'm out of here, folks. Thank you. Have a great day. God bless. And I'll see you on the next one. You've been listening to the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. If you own a pest control company anywhere in the country, by using our services, we will help you grow and prosper. Casey has 30 years in marketing and advertising under his belt. He managed and oversaw a sales force of 4,000 inside and outside sales reps tasked to work with every pest control owner in the USA. Thanks for listening to the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Rhino Digital Media. Let us take your digital marketing to the next level. See you next time on the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast.